Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And I personally believe that every believer has a call and a ministry that God has given to them. And I believe that every believer is bulletproof until you have fulfilled the ministry that God has called you to, whatever that is. Now, our timeline, our idea of fulfillment might be different from God's idea, but I believe that every believer is bulletproof until we fulfill what God has called us to. The Bible says that all of our days are written in God's book. When Jesus died on the cross, he saved us from our sins and brought us back into relationship with God. An amazing part of God's grace is that now he allows us to partner with him in furthering the gospel. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing that we all have a specific call on our lives from God. If God has given each one of us a call on our lives, he will be sure to equip us along the way. Like Paul, we go from being enemies of God to being the people who carry the banner of Christ into the world. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 11 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. telling us for three and a half years, Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot. Now, he doesn't tell us here if that's the first three and a half years or the last three and a half years. I believe it's the last three and a half years after the abomination of desolation that that would kick off this last three and a half years of treading down the city underfoot by the Gentiles. So the Jews will have their temple They'll have their worship, they'll have their sacrifice for the first half of the seven years, and then the treading down of the city will be the second half or the last 42 months of the tribulation, I believe. That's my opinion. Uh, Now going to verse 3. Verse 3 introduces these two witnesses. In verse 10, they're called the two prophets. So these are the last two prophets in the Bible. And these two witnesses or these two prophets are in Jerusalem and they're put there by God to witness to the Jewish people who are now going to Jerusalem to worship at their new temple. They are in the city of Jerusalem. And why does God put two witnesses there? Why not just one? In the Old Testament law, Deuteronomy, a matter is established out of the mouth of two witnesses. It's established to be true by two witnesses. And so you've got two witnesses now in the city of Jerusalem. Remember back in chapter 7, there were the 144,000 that were sealed by God to serve him, and they're scattered all throughout the world to share the gospel among the nations. And here you have these two witnesses in Jerusalem who are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jewish worshipers that are coming 
to that city and to their temple to worship. And this is all in the middle of the tribulation. This is the grace of God. This is the mercy of God. That even as he is pouring out his judgment and wrath upon the earth, he's still extending the hand of salvation to the world. He's still offering the gospel to the world as he's pouring out judgment, as he's pouring out wrath. He he has his people there declaring the gospel, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, telling people that they should repent and turn to Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, offering them salvation. You know, the Bible says that God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, and it says that he's not willing that anyone would perish in their sins, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. And you see his heart here, where even as it's necessary, in a sense, to judge the earth for its rebellion, but at the same time, his desire is still to see them saved, still to see them repent and turn to Christ for salvation. So even as he's pouring out his wrath with one hand, he's offering salvation with the other hand to mankind. He's merciful. He's gracious. And verse 3 says, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. Sackcloth was worn as a sign of repentance. They're wearing sackcloth because they're calling the nation to repent and turn to Christ. And so they prophesy for 1,260 days. That's also three and a half years. And again, it doesn't specify which three and a half years this is, whether the first three and a half years or the second three and a half years. It doesn't say. I personally believe that the two witnesses prophesy for the first three and a half years before the abomination of desolation, before the city is trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Or I could be wrong. Who are these two witnesses? Well, the text doesn't say. It doesn't say who they are, but there's a lot of speculation about the identity of these two witnesses. Some say it's Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Some of the judgments that these two witnesses give are similar to the judgments of Moses and Elijah. That's a possibility. Others uh, speculate that it's Elijah and Enoch. Uh, The reason for that is Elijah was caught up in a chariot of fire and taken to heaven. Enoch, it says, walked with God and he was taken to heaven. He was translated. He was raptured, so to speak, to heaven. So neither Elijah nor Enoch died. And the argument is Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed unto man once to die. These two never died. So maybe they're the two that come back during the tribulation. Maybe they're the two witnesses. That seems like a flimsy argument to me. We don't know. We don't know their identity. Uh, We just know that they're two witnesses. We're not told who they are. They could be two new people, you know, not two people from the Old Testament. It could be two people that, you know, named Bert and Ernie, I don't know, uh, that could be living during the tribulation period. Verse 4 says, these are the two olive trees. And the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. That's a reference back to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, where Zechariah has this vision of a lampstand and two olive trees, one on each side, that are feeding oil to the lampstand continually. 
So these two witnesses, they are a light for God. That's what a lampstand is. It's a light. They're a light for God, and they are continually filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit during their ministry on the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. This is reminiscent of Elijah in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 1, uh, when Ahaziah the king tried to arrest Elijah. Every time Ahaziah sent men to go arrest him, God just sent fire down from heaven and smoked him. Uh, And so you have a similar thing here. Verse 6 says, These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. So it's not going to rain on the earth for three and a half years. Again, that sounds familiar. Uh, Elijah, remember, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 17.1, he declared a drought on the nation of Israel because of their idolatry. And it didn't rain in Israel for three and a half years. And these two witnesses during the tribulation period will shut the heavens for three and a half years for the whole earth, not just Israel, but for the whole earth and bring a drought upon the earth, just like Elijah. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. And again, that reminds us of Moses in the Exodus story when he brought ten plagues upon the nation of Egypt. And remember, he turned the Nile River to blood. And so these two witnesses bring, you know, Old Testament judgments upon the earth for three and a half years. They are right out of the Old Testament. And then it says, when they finish their testimony, verse 7, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. So I want you to note here that their ministry will end only when they have finished their testimony. And we've seen in the passage, they're bulletproof. I mean, anybody messes with them, fire comes out of their mouth and consumes them. They're bulletproof until their ministry is complete. And then the Lord takes them home. And I personally believe that every believer has a call and a ministry that God has given to them. And I believe that every believer is bulletproof until you have fulfilled the ministry that God has called you to, whatever that is. Now, our timeline, our idea of fulfillment might be different from God's idea, but I believe that every believer is bulletproof until we fulfill what God has called us to. The Bible says that all of our days are written in God's book. All of us have a ministry. All of us have a purpose that God has called us to. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are His workmanship. That word there is poema, His poem, His work of art. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're created in Christ Jesus. We're new creations in Christ. We're born again in Christ. But we're born again for good works, it says, which God prepared for each of us beforehand. 
It's foreordained. He's got this purpose for each of us. That's foreordained that he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in it and fulfill it. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And so I believe that that's true for all of us that have trusted Christ, that he's got these works for us that he has ordained for us beforehand for us to walk in. And these two witnesses, when they finish their testimony, it says the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Now, this is the first time the beast is mentioned in the book of Revelation. We more commonly call him the Antichrist, but he's never called the Antichrist in Revelation. He's only called the Antichrist in 1 John and 2 John. In Revelation, he's called the beast 36 times. And he's called the beast because that describes his character. He's ferocious. He's brutal. He's like a beast. And here you see that he is a beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. Remember the bottomless pit? That's where all the demons came out of. So he's demonic in nature. And again, during the first half of the tribulation period, he will present himself as a political figure. He'll gain the trust and allegiance of the world. And then he doesn't show his true character until the middle of the tribulation period where he demands to be worshipped as God. And notice it says he makes war against God's witnesses and he kills them. And then look at verse 8. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. At this point, the great city, Jerusalem, the holy city, Spiritually, it's like Sodom. Spiritually, it's like Egypt. I mean, it's just wholly given over to idolatry at this point. And it says here that the dead bodies of these two witnesses just lie in the street for three and a half days. Now, Jewish people in Israel, even to this day, they bury their dead the day that they die. They have the funeral the same day of their death. But here their dead bodies will lie in the street of Jerusalem for three days. These two witnesses will be denied a proper burial. They'll be desecrated. This just shows the hatred and the resentment that people feel towards God's messengers during the tribulation period that they desecrate their dead bodies during the tribulation period. They really hate them. Not because of who they are, but because of the message that they preach, because of the gospel 
that they preached. They hated these two witnesses because they called people to repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation. And they don't even allow them to be buried because of their hatred for them. Now, I want you to just think for a moment. Earlier this year, Billy Graham died, who also preached the gospel and called people to repent and trust Jesus Christ for salvation. And when Billy Graham died, our nation mourned his death. Presidents went to his funeral. His casket laid in the Capitol building, one of only four private citizens who have been allowed to lay in state in the Capitol building. We honored God's messenger when he died. During the tribulation period, the hatred for God, the hatred for the gospel will be so strong that the two messengers for God, when they die, they'll just lie desecrated in the streets where they died and not even be allowed a proper burial. That's how far things are going to shift in the tribulation period. Once the church is removed, that's where things are going to go. Now look at verse 9. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into the grave. Now remember, John wrote this 2,000 years ago, and he says here that, that all the nations will see their dead bodies in the streets of Jerusalem. This was impossible when John wrote this. This was impossible 75 years ago for all the nations of the earth to see these two dead bodies lying in the streets of Jerusalem. But it's not impossible now, is it? I mean, we certainly can imagine now with satellite television and the internet, we certainly can imagine how all the nations of the world would see images of these two bodies lying in the street in Jerusalem. You can imagine a newscaster saying, we've got breaking news coming from Jerusalem. We're going to go live now to Jerusalem. And you're going to watch it live. We're not going to watch it live. We're going to be in heaven. They'll watch it live, not us. We're going to watch it live. And people all over the world will tune into this to see it. And look at verse 10. And those who dwell on the earth, they will rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts to one another because those two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. How did they torment? They preached the gospel. (laughs) They called people to repent and turn to Christ. And that will be torment. By the way, if you're taking notes, verse 10 is the only mention of rejoicing on the earth during the tribulation period. And it's rejoicing over the death of God's messengers. And look what it says. It says they'll rejoice, they'll make merry, and they'll exchange gifts. What does that sound like to you? Christmas, doesn't it? Sounds like Christmas. Christmas is the time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. During the tribulation period, uh, this is Christmas in the tribulation, when God's two messengers are finally dead, and we don't have to hear them anymore. That's when people will celebrate, give gifts to each other. Look at verse 11. Now, after the three and a half days, so they're laying in the street three and a half days, dead, rotting, that hot Mediterranean sun, 
the breath of life from God entered them again, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. I bet it did. And their great joy turns to great fear now because God resurrects these two witnesses on the third day. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here, and they ascended to heaven in a cloud. And here it's not talking about a regular cloud. It's talking about uh, the cloud, the glory of God. Just as Jesus ascended back to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. And so everybody is watching this. Maybe it's going to be broadcasted live on television as they're watching. There's the dead bodies, and all of a sudden, they come back to life. And they're caught up to heaven. When we go to war with a nation, or if we are planning to bomb a nation, what do we do? We call our ambassadors home first, before the war begins. We get our people out of that country before the war begins. And here you see God pulling his ambassadors off the earth before he pours out his judgment on that city. He calls his two messengers home from Jerusalem. And then verse 13, in the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. So tenth of Jerusalem. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now, if you're taking notes, when it says 7,000 people were killed, the Greek is 7,000 people of name or 7,000 people of rank or 7,000 people of renown or authority. It wasn't 7,000 random people that unfortunately died in an earthquake like you would expect in an earthquake. You know, earthquakes don't discriminate, right? They treat everybody the same. But here with this earthquake, it's making a distinction for us here with this earthquake. It kills only the people of renown in that city, only the people of reputation in that city, so that everyone will know that this was not just some random act of nature. This was the hand of God. This is the judgment of God falling upon this city because he's just taking out the leaders of the nation. And they will be afraid, it says, and they will give glory to God. Now, that does not mean that they all repent and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. This is just a temporary state. We're going to see in future chapters where, once again, they're against God and they're rebelling against God. But right now, in this moment, out of fear, they're giving glory to God. But there's a big difference between fear and faith. And quite often, you will see people that when troubles come... They call on the name of the Lord or they show up at church because they're in a crisis. But once the crisis settles down, they go back to living the way they were living before. That's what's happening here. You know, they've gone through this earthquake and this devastation and they're afraid. And so now they're giving glory to God, but it's not going to last. It's temporary. Once everything settles down a little bit, they're going to go back to living a rebellious life against God. And people do that. When the trial comes, then they're seeking God, they're showing up at church, they're praying and and that kind of thing. But then once everything settles down, you you don't see him again. And I hope that that you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's not a fair-weather relationship, that you're not just calling on God when bad stuff happens or when you're in a trial. I hope for you that you have a real relationship with him, that you have a real walk with him, 
that you really know him as your personal Lord and Savior. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.